hoping to be a priest one day. But God has a plan for his life, um, which Jeremiah, we discover, doesn't feel at all qualified for. And often we find, don't we, that life takes us on a different direction to the one we ever imagined. We can end up serving God in an area that we least expected to. Or even in everyday life, we can, we can feel so inadequate, can't we, to, to live for Jesus in the way that he is asking us to. Over the past year, perhaps you felt particularly underqualified uh, to cope. I certainly have with the questions and the doubts that we have, let alone what other people have. I wonder if you've had times when you've questioned God over this past year. I wonder if you've had times when the news has been so overwhelming that you've, you've not been able to make sense of what's happening, of what God is doing. Maybe you've simply wept or cried out to him, feeling quite hopeless and helpless. We often feel as Christians, don't we, that we ought to have all the answers um, to all that we see and all that we experience. And so we can feel terribly ill-qualified uh, to give answers and feel terribly ill-qualified for the task that we feel we've been called to, which is to share the good news of Jesus with others. Well, Jeremiah was called by God uh, to speak to people, to God's people, during a time when they had wandered far from God and they were suffering as a consequence. Jeremiah wrestled with all that he was being asked by God to say to the people but he also wrestled with all that he saw. He wrestled with the suffering that he saw. And he also wrestled with the, the misery that it was causing not only to God's people, but to God himself. Now, you most likely haven't been called, and I most likely haven't been called to be a prophet to the nation. You might even not feel particularly called to a full-time ministry uh, in this country or, or another country, although I wonder if there might be a word for somebody in here for us today who might feel that they have a call on their life. But we are all called to serve God. If we love him and follow him, then he has called us to serve him. And so Jeremiah, as we will discover over the next few weeks, gives us some great promises that are so important for us, for us particularly to grasp as we um, seek to serve God. And also, I think, as we've tried to face some of these unanswered questions we've just been uh, talking about as, uh, as we're in this time of pandemic. What we discover, as um, Jeremiah describes his calling, is truths and promises that we can take hold of for ourselves. So I'd like us to read together now Jeremiah chapter 1. Um, and we're going to start reading at verse 4. So Jeremiah chapter 1, beginning to read at verse 4. The word of the Lord came to me saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Alas, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I am too young. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am too young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and I will rescue you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and to tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. The word of the Lord came to me, what do you see, Jeremiah? I see the branch of an almond tree, he replied. The Lord said to me, you have seen correctly, for I am watching to see that my word is fulfilled. The word of the Lord came to me again. What do you see? 
I see a pot that is boiling, I answered. It is tilting toward us from the north. The Lord said to me, from the north, disaster will be poured out on all who live in the land. I'm about to summon all the prophets of the northern kingdoms, declares the Lord. And then verse 17, get yourself ready, God says, stand up and say to them whatever I command you. Do not be terrified by them or I will terrify you before them. Today I have made you a fortified city, an iron pillar and a bronze wall to stand against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, its officials, its priests and the people of the land. They will fight against you but will not overcome you. For I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. I wonder if you noticed over and over again in that passage, um, the God who speaks. The word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah says, the Lord said to me, the Lord touched my mouth and said to me, the Lord said to me over and over again, God is a communicating God. It's probably something we know already, something we take for for granted, but it's so important to remember that God longs to communicate with us. He chooses to speak to us. He wants to be in a relationship with us where he communes with us, where he communicates with us, where we listen and we talk, where he listens and he talks. So this morning, I want to look at some of the things that God says to Jeremiah And firstly, he speaks to Jeremiah of his sovereignty. He says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart and I anointed you as a prophet to the nations. God says to um, to Jeremiah, let's go back to the beginning, Jeremiah. Let's set the scene so that we know where we both stand. Long before you were even conceived, I knew you. Your life is not the sum total of your existence here now on this earth. You were planned and lovingly created by your creator. I am the one who gives purpose and meaning to your life because I know you. God doesn't start by listing Jeremiah's credentials. You're strong-willed, so you'll be all right. You've got a strong constitution, so you'll cope with all the pain and the war. You're, You're outspoken, so you'll be okay when people don't listen to you. You're not easily upset, so you'll cope with the misery that you see. No, God doesn't start there. God reminds Jeremiah who he is, who God is. The one who formed Jeremiah in the womb. Jeremiah is being called by the God who created him, who knows him and who loves him. So what does it mean to be known by the creator God? Well, we're used to hearing the term identity crisis, aren't we? When somebody who is struggling with defining who they are. Identity is such a struggle, I think. We often talk about losing our sense of identity, don't we? When, say, our marriage breaks up or we lose our employment. Understanding that we are known and loved by God as his child meets our deepest and lifelong um, need for recognition. It gives us a secure identity that we long for, that we all long for. To be known means to be recognised. Warts and all, doesn't it? Good and bad and everything in between. And here God is saying to Jeremiah, to be known is to be loved by me. And to be known brings the possibility of being accepted too. David speaks of this, doesn't he? I'm sure you're already thinking of it in um, Psalm 
139, verse 15 says this, my frame was not hidden in you, from you when I was being made in the secret, intricately, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. The whole of Psalm 139 is a recognition of God's knowledge of his creation, his knowledge of you, his knowledge of me. And we long, don't we, to be deeply um, known and accepted. How amazing this morning to be reminded that we're deeply known, deeply accepted by the one who created us and knows the deepest, innermost parts of our being. J.I. Packer puts it like this, what matters supremely is not, in the last analysis, the fact that I know God, but the larger fact which underlines it, the fact that he knows me. Today, hear God say to you, I knew you before you were born. I know you, everything there is to know, nothing to hide. You are precious to me. When we're in those times of feeling completely inadequate, those times of doubts, those times when everyone feels against us or even we can become our own worst enemy, God says, don't forget, I chose you. I knew you before you were even born and I love you. Find acceptance and love, not in your task, not in your role, not even in another person, but in God, in your relationship with him of complete acceptance and love. You are greatly known. You are known by a great and awesome and loving God. That's the first thing that God speaks to, to Jeremiah about. And the second thing he speaks about is his involvement. Jeremiah acknowledges God's sovereignty but somehow he's not able to relate it to his life. I wonder how often we feel a bit like that. This is about applying what we know about God to be true, um, how we apply it to how we live. If you look at verse 6, he says, Alas, sovereign Lord, I do not know how to speak. I am too young. He's having been told that he's been called by uh, the, uh, a sovereign God and that this sovereign God has a plan for his life. Somehow that's not enough for Jeremiah. And I think maybe God knows that. So he lovingly responds to Jeremiah by saying, I will be with you. Now, we're going to come on to that amazing promise in just a moment. But God also reassures Jeremiah that he's going to take an active part in all that Jeremiah is being asked to do. As we discover, Jeremiah is still very young when God calls him to a task that's way beyond um, anything that he can imagine, way beyond his own ability. And as I say, Jeremiah responds by acknowledging God's sovereignty, but he's so aware of his own frailty. I don't know how to speak, he says. I'm too young. I wonder if you've ever had a, a clear sense of call uh, by God to a particular ministry, whether it be in church or overseas or in local mission. And you've been like Jeremiah, completely overwhelmed. And you've offered uh, several reasons, maybe, why God must be mistaken and would be better off thinking again. I imagine that many of us haven't had a specific call to ministry, but I think there's something here for each of us this morning. There's something here about allowing God to lead us in every area of our lives. Something about being willing to be available to serve God in whatever sphere of life we are in. Recognising that he has a plan and a purpose for us from the beginning. 
recognizing that we all have a role in speaking for God. Maybe not as a prophet to the heights of government, but what about to the person next door or our family or into matters of injustice or the environment or poverty, for example? How often, I wonder, like me, have you felt a nudge to say something to your neighbor or to your friend, but you've held back saying to God, I'm too young, I can't work out what to say, I'll stumble and I'll make a mess of it, I'm too tired, I'm too busy. God says to us, as he said to Jeremiah, you're looking in the wrong place again. Stop relying on yourself. Look at me. God's saying, this is all about me, not you. In verses uh, 9 to 14, God gives Jeremiah two pictures that help him to understand that God's part of this working out of his call. The first is of an almond branch. Well, because we, um, and I certainly don't know Hebrew, but because we're not reading our Bibles in Hebrew, we lose the significance of this almond branch here. The word for almond tree sounds very much like the Hebrew word to watch, and then that starts to make sense, doesn't it? Because the almond tree becomes a sign to Jeremiah that God is watching over everything that he's saying, everything that he wants to see fulfilled. He's watching over all the uh, events as they unfold. God is saying, I'm intrinsically involved in the calling on your life, Jeremiah. It's not um, God saying, here's what I want you to do now. Get on and do it and I'll see you at the end. No, that's not how God works. God is responsible for all that he asks us to do. He's so keenly interested in every move that we make. And it's as we work together with him that we fulfill the purposes that he calls us to. And then in verse 13 and 14, we see a second picture. We see a pot that is boiling over and spilling over, causing all sorts of destruction. You know, Jeremiah, as we'll discover as we carry on through our series, was called to bring a very difficult message to God's people because God's people had been disobedient for years. They'd been rebelling against God. They'd not listened to the warnings. And he's bringing about a punishment on them that they deserve. So alongside God's promise is, uh, of involvement in all that he's asking Jeremiah to do is a reminder that it won't always be easy to follow God. Jeremiah and, and us too, we're not immune from human suffering or, or even from doubt when we follow God and are obedient to what he asks us to do. But we do know that he is watching, that he's involved and that he's present with us and that he will not abandon us. But thirdly, our speaking God speaks about his presence. Now, as we've said, Jeremiah felt too young. He didn't feel that he could speak confidently in the way that God was calling him to. He didn't feel at all that he had the qualities necessary um, to do the task. Now, I think, isn't this so helpful? Because it shows us that Jeremiah wrestles with the same doubts that we do. But God, I'm too young or... God, I'm too old, or, but God, how will I pay the mortgage, or, but God, I need to find a partner first, or, but God, I can't possibly learn a new language, or, but God, what will I say, or, but God, I don't know my Bible very well, or, but God, I don't understand our world enough to be able to speak, but God, but God. God's response was the same to Jeremiah as it was to Moses, to Joshua, to Caleb, the same as it is to you and me. 
But K, God says, or insert your name there, but K, God says, I, the sovereign God who knows you intimately, who knows all about you, who has called you, I am with you, right alongside you, never going to leave you. I am with you. Surely was not this Jesus' promise to his disciples before he ascended back to the Father. Surely, he said, I will be with you. I think one of the many challenges and difficulties of lockdown has been not seeing friends and family, hasn't it? I think particularly for those who live on their own. For those who have had hospital appointments and not been able to have someone to go with them, I think has been really difficult. And when we face uncertain times, challenging times like that, we long for, don't we? We need somebody to be with us and for us. It's not necessarily that they do anything. It's their presence with us that is enough. And is this not the one thing that we long for, the one thing that God promises? Not the answer to the crisis that we're in, not any relief from the suffering necessarily, but that he is there with us in that moment. Now, I'm sure, like me, um, you've probably been captivated by the documentaries about Prince Philip um, since his passing on Friday. And what comes across in all of them is his complete devotion to the Queen, isn't it? His constant presence by her side throughout the whole of her reign. And we were reminded in those documentaries that he made a promise at her coronation that that would be the case before God, that he would always be by her side. And that's the promise that God makes to us always, always, to be by our side as we serve him. And of course, the Easter story last week that we celebrated together shows us the full extent of this God that we're talking about, the full extent of his love for us and his promise to be with us. Jesus, in living and in dying and rising again, shows us beyond question the character of this God that Jeremiah is listening to here, a God of love, a God of grace, and a God of mercy, the God who gave up everything to come and live among us. And now, of course, we have his Holy Spirit living within us, never alone, never separated from his love or from him. So as we close, Jeremiah was called to be an Old Testament prophet. I wonder what God's calling you to this morning. I wonder if God is stirring something up in you that's been laying dormant for a while, a desire to serve God in another country perhaps, or to be involved in church ministry, or perhaps to speak to your neighbours or your friends. I wonder even now, are you rehearsing that well-formed um, excuses? Like Jeremiah, do you have a, a legitimate reason why you think God may have got it all wrong? Well, our exploring God's, um, Jeremiah's call shows us that God knows you. He knows me intimately and that he has a plan just for us. Jeremiah also shows us that um, God's plan for us isn't determined by our ability or our qualifi qualifications. Jeremiah shows us that um, our call is determined by the one who has invited us to join his mission, to join him on what he's doing. 
So what do you need to hear today as you wrestle to serve God? Particularly, I think, as we uh, navigate the reality and the effects of this pandemic. What's the crisis, maybe in your own personal life, maybe in the, the wider crisis we all face? But what is it that God is calling you to speak for him in? The promise that enabled Jeremiah to be faithful to his calling, God offers us those same promises today. We serve the sovereign God who longs to talk to us. He longs to communicate with us. We serve a God who knows us intimately. We serve a God who is active and involved in the call that he puts on our lives. And we serve a God who, most importantly, promises the gift of his presence. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for stories like the story of Jeremiah that show us that it's all about you and not about us. It's about you, our sovereign God, who, it, who loves us, who knows us intimately, who longs to journey with us as we, uh, we follow your call. And Father, I, I feel now, before we do anything else, we need to bow the knee before you. We need to submit to you, our sovereign God. You are Lord. We recognize that you know us, that you love us, and that you are calling us to serve you. And so we want to say this morning that we choose to follow. We choose to submit. We choose to go where you call us to go because we know that you will be with us that you will be involved in everything that you call us to do and that you know us. Father, we thank you for the reminder that because of Jesus, we have your spirit living in us and Jesus demonstrated what it meant to be fully submitted to you. God, take us, we pray. Work in our hearts and our minds and may we be willing servants of Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen going to sing now together as our final song I do invite you to join in the, the words that say who makes who makes the orphan a son or a daughter it's the God who knows us intimately and invites us to know him and to love him to be his sons and his daughters together <laughs>